You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm MLB DFS Podcast with hosts John Impemba and James Grande. What is going on, everybody? John Impemba here with James Grande and Pete Cole tonight. This is the Quick Pitch MLB DFS Podcast recording here on Tuesday evening for Wednesday's main slate. You already know James. We all know James. He's been doing NBA with me all obviously He's been doing MLB all offseason as well. But you may know Pete Cole from the, not only just the MLB DFS scene, but he absolutely killed all of the college content that we did. Football, basketball, figured now better than never uh, to get him on the MLB DFS podcast with us. Uh, he's going to be doing the main playbook for Wednesday's slate. So Pete, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, guys. It's good. I've been looking forward to being on here. I'm finally here, so I'm looking forward to a good show tonight. Yeah, it should, it should be a good time, and you've definitely listened, as we've talked about. In Discord, you're always in there answering everybody's questions. This is our, our fir- first look here at Wednesday Slate, so we're going to give you our actual reactions to any sort of pricing, matchups, stacks, things that we're looking at, things that we like. You'll hear all of our reactions here as we go position by position. James, seven games is what we're looking at here for the DraftKings main slate for the night slate. FanDuel currently doesn't have, Yahoo doesn't have a slate that I noticed for Wednesday yet. So uh, we're going to be looking primarily at DraftKings and it's a big day of baseball. There's also six games on DraftKings starting at noon for the early game slate, but just for the sake of, of the player pool and our content, we're focusing just on the night main slate. So we usually look at some point spreads and run lines and games. James, do we have anything notable to look at here? Yeah, we only have four showing on the main slate, and that's headlined by cores, of course. Two lefty future Hall of Famers in Patrick Corbin and Austin Gomber on the mound in that one. Ten and a half over under the Rockies' slight favorites at home. We have Reds Brewers, seven and a half. Very common. Very A, a theme earlier in early this season. I'd say run totals somewhere between seven and a half, eight and a half. That's what we have outside of course just not a lot of runs being scored and frankly i don't see that changing anytime soon as long as they're gonna keep running this ball out that was supposed to keep the keep the runs down so not a lot of runs projected to be scored on wednesday yeah i mean pete i'm sure you you've heard it they're basically playing with a wet sock out there when it comes <laughs> offense right now yeah and you're seeing all of you pours about the raised stitching humidors i mean i'm not even sure what to even believe or <laughs> more of us it's that de- it's definitely changing i mean you can see it you see it every night it's frustrating yeah there's a really good handle out there that uh, one of my buddies is constantly following sending me uh screenshots it's uh, basically like an mlb barrel rate or something like that it's a twitter handle and it uh, mlb barrel alert if you want to go follow it on twitter and basically anytime there's a barreled ball it sends like a tweet and just like Balls that have expected batting averages of 800 are being caught, right? <laughs> for example, last night, Tim Anderson had a ball that was hit for 101 miles an hour at a 29-degree angle, went for a flyout, and an expected batting average of 700, right? Like, in years past, that's probably a home run at a launch angle yeah. like that, with that at that kind of barrel rate. And yeah, these are all flyouts. Gavin Sheets, 102 miles an hour at a 33-degree angle, flyout. Lewis Robert, 105 miles an hour, power rate, 20 degree angle, line drive single, right? Like these are balls that in the past have been 
gone for home runs and now they're being outs or just line drives. So something we're contending with, one of the reasons why we have a lot of lower game totals or, or run totals early on in this season than I think we're generally used to. So something to pay attention to when we look at these games, these matchups, especially when looking at runs and even the pitching position. So we'll start it off there. Pete, let me get you get your take on the top guys here. Nestor Cortez, top price pitcher on DraftKings at $9,900. Gets that awfully tough matchup going up against the Toronto Blue Jays lineup. Uh, but Cortez himself has been very strong. He even opened the year in a matchup against Toronto. Four and a third innings, zero earned runs allowed, five strikeouts uh, in that matchup. Lucas Giolito is $9,500 going up against the Chicago Cubs. And Alex Wood is $9,200 going up against the Dodgers. That's the 9K and above tier on DraftKings. I guess we'll start with Cortez in like you said, Cortez is having a hell of a season. And actually, it was on on Saturday, he really didn't have his good stuff. But he still limited the Royals to one earned run, five innings. And actually, that rose his ERA to 131, which is still the third best in American League. So the one thing I like about Cortez, he's so creative out there. He's you can really you can tell he really understands what his stuff does, what it what a hitter sees when he pitches. He's you know he can execute pitches at really high level, different rhythms, different deliveries. So I like Cortez a lot, even though it isn't Rogers Center, but it's got to be a GBP, especially at that price. We're seeing what we, I mean. We see it tonight. I mean, Jameson Talon kept the Blue Jays at bay to one run, but still, I mean, when you got Giolito sitting there below him at uh, 90 was Giolito's 9,500. So, I mean, Giolito's probably one of the top arms. We haven't seen any weather yet though. Have we in Wrigley tomorrow is the, with that wind? Either yeah, I, I, I haven't tonight. seen an update quite yet. It doesn't at least show on the DraftKings a sort of like game tracker that there's any at least yet popping up there, but definitely always something to contend with when you're in Chicago for sure. So, well, you got a guy coming in, he's got X for me, he's K-Ray against lefties and righties is over... 28% both sides against that Cubs offense right now. That Giolito's a righty. Cup together, 166 ISO against righties, 360, 336 Woba. So Giolito's up there. But you know what I'm actually looking at? We've gotten a little bit more in. I do have Alex was that actually Freddie Peralta. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Peralta's a good spot. And guess yeah. who's guess who's going up against it? It's the Reds. So you probably have to look at Freddie Peralta as probably, I think, probably my my, my favorite pitcher to start tonight with. Yeah, he's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Peralta, you know, obviously had that one awful start against St. Louis, but has bounced back nicely. Just one earned run over the last eleven innings, thirteen strikeouts. Both of those games were on the road against Philly, against Pittsburgh. Now going up against a Reds offense that ranks towards the bottom of the league. But James, what are your thoughts on Peralta here and any other mid-tier pitchers that you're looking at? Peralta is the, I think, the SP one, and I don't think yeah. uh, we should be shy about it. And I, I don't think the ownership is going to be either. I think he's going to be, it's going to be juiced. We've seen, I mean, we just saw the same spot on Tuesday with Woodruff and he gave up a couple solo shots, but he's pitched well up to this point. So I think for Peralta is, is firmly in play. Hey, where Gonsolin has been, I don't think we can trust it. As soon as he gets in trouble, Dave Roberts just has the the short hook. Dylan Bundy in a revenge narrative coming off his worst start of the year. Can we trust him against Baltimore to be the guy he was in the first three starts of the year? Do we do we think Dylan Bunny's going to be more of last year's version like he was against Tampa his last start? The thing is, he still had seven strikeouts in that start. And it's not like 
Baltimore is not susceptible to the K currently against right-handed pitching 24.7% K rate. So I don't hate Bundy in tournaments. And then, I mean, look, I know the White Sox are better than what they have shown. That being said, what they have shown is dead last in baseball in OPS against right-handed pitching. So we know Kyle Hendricks loves home cooking. He's shown it this year. He's shown it the last few seasons. He just likes pitching better in Chicago as long as there's no wind, which we'll obviously find out on Tuesday morning when, you know, the weather reports start to come out. I like Hendricks at 7,400. So I think Peralta, Bundy, Hendricks would probably be my three guys below 9K and, and above 7K. Yeah, I, I think those guys are fine. Definitely Peralta, I think we're all in agreement with here mm-hmm. um, as that top option. Do we like any of these value guys? I mean, what about you, Pete? Is there, is there anybody I, under 7K? Or do, you, do you like any value pitchers here? Yeah, you know one pitcher I have my eye on is Kyle Bradish. And he's what's, he's coming at 5500 so very minimum price. Mm-hmm. And he looked really good in that first start. I mean, his... I watched that game. His nerves did not show. First big league batter, strikeout. I mean, then the second big league inning, he comes back with two run home. I guess bang with two run homer. Plenty, to, plenty to shake the kid up. But guess what? His final four frames, one hit allowed. His final ten batters, he retired. He retired his final ten batters right in a row. And quality start his MLB de- debut. Even though it was a three to one loss to the Red Sox. So, I think he's in better. I think he's actually in a better spot. Um, against Minnesota. Minnesota is not scaring anybody right now. So I would more GBP-ish, but I had, I would have no problem going down to Kyle Bradish at 5,500. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there as well. What do you think, James? Are you in on Bradish? Any other value guys for you? I'm definitely in on Bradish. Big strikeout guy in the minors. So yes. let, hopefully that translates to more strikeouts in the big leagues, which one start in, I'm not ready to write him off as a... <laughs> as, Someone who can't strike guys out. I am interested a little bit in Austin Gomber, who was dominant and in cores last year. And I don't know. We've seen it every so often where a pitcher does pitch well in cores field. But the numbers are pretty staggering. 47 innings in cores last year. He had a 209 ERA. He held his opponents under 200, 22% K rate, nothing to write home about, but nothing terrible either. It's not like the Nationals are a world beater, right? So I don't think a lot of people tend to use pitchers in cores, but why not this year with a dead ball and and runs being down? So I I think Bradish is the clear-cut value, but I actually don't hate Gomber. And, And like Bradish, I actually would consider in cash. Um probably not going there in cash, but I'd consider it. But Gomber, I, I have interest in tournaments for yeah, sure. Yeah, Gomber's not bad. He had a 387 FIP at home last year. So you, usually you look at these guys with inflated ERAs and saver stats, and you, you see Gomber with just the 209 home ERA last year. And maybe you would have thought, all right, maybe he just got lucky. But I mean, yes, it's almost two runs higher, but right. you'll take a guy that ha- is like a, a, a sub four ERA, expected ERA basically at home. So Right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind Gomber. We know Washington struggles a little bit. I know for sure we're going to like the rocky side of this game going up against that gas can that is Patrick Corbin. So let's get into some of the Pete, I don't know if you subscribe to the same playbook that James and I do, but I don't like spending up for catcher. I, no. I would much rather 
find a middling guy in the middle, spend down, or just play my old friend Omar Navaez in the middle there. But what's your take here? Do you like any of these spend-up guys? How do you approach the catcher position? No, I'm usually catchers the last position I hit, and I usually wait if there's a nice value catcher that comes out after their lineups come out. I'll take somebody anywhere between 2-2 and 3K, and I'm happy. Unless you get a really good matchup for a Will Smith or a Salvi Perez, which will be very rare, I'm always value guy catcher. Yeah, Will Smith does get that matchup against the lefty. It is a matchup that he generally does have success against. Elias Diaz also drawing the Patrick Corbin matchup. Colorado Bats definitely priced up. Uh, a little bit here, but yeah, in the same sense, I'm, I'm basically where you're. I, Gutierrez is, is not a good pitcher. Narvaez now three games in a row with a hit coming into tonight's slate. So at 3,700, he's probably the guy I'm going to throw into my lineup just because I feel like he's safe. He adds a little bit of pop. Generally, if it's the right matchup, it, it's not tonight for this slate, but Tyler Stevenson's been our boy. Going up against Wrighty and Freddie Peralta, so we're not going to go there, but more often than not this year, Stevenson, for whatever reason, has been like 3K or under, regardless of the matchup. So getting him back in the middle of that lineup, that's a guy I tend to look a little bit more towards. James, what are your thoughts on the catcher spot? It sucks, per usual. And that's really my thought. No, I mean, Pulowiecki hits lefties. We'll see if he's in the lineup. He's been bad this year, but again, has a long history of hitting lefties, even last year with the Red Sox. So I think Vasquez or Pulowiecki... I think Boston, a Boston stack is in the cards for us. So yeah, so um, that it's gonna rain all day in Boston again. I, I live like ten minutes outside okay. the city. It's ninety percent rain all day. So no. it was Whitlock. I was gonna mention Whitlock as a pitcher too, and I kind of forgot, even though he's got he's on a pitch count still as just a sneaky GPP. So I guess that's out of the question. Yeah, that's the only reason I didn't bring up Whitlock either, because obviously I would have been a bit of a homer here and brought him up but uh, because he's outstanding but yeah i think that game gets rained out we'll have the updated weather report on site tomorrow morning but just looking at the weather around it's it's gonna rain all day unfortunately well that sucks well i'm gonna pretty much do what pete said and wait till lineups to find i mean there's just yeah there's nothing there's nothing here it's not worth like us suggesting like a kurt casale don't play kurt casale like just wait for us. There's not much at all. There's not, there's, I'm not seeing Yeah, much especially on a seven-game slate, the catcher <laughs> yeah. position is so tough to uh, to go with there. So let's go on over to the first base then. I mean, listen, CJ Crone against lefty has been one of like the core plays for us over the past yep. handful of years. He's $5,600 though, right? I mean, that's obviously the one big knock on stacking cores is that they're all so damn expensive. So if you're going to try to find a way to go, especially on DraftKings where you have to play two starting pitchers, it's probably where Bradish becomes his biggest asset or or Gomber becomes their biggest asset because we can spend down at the SB2, spend up a little bit on Peralta at 89, and then try to get some of these cores back. So I think we're all in agreement. Crone at the top at 5,600 is where we want to go. But Pete, what, what else are you looking at for maybe this like top tier first base position? Here's a name it. I guess you can't consider him top tier anymore. He's only 4,200 is Jose Abreu. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going back a few years. Abreu and Kyle Hendricks have been battling for a while now, but he's hitting, he's got a five, he's hitting 591, 13 for 22 off Kyle Hendricks's career. Holy. Yeah. So that's a pretty good BBP there. I know. And so he's like the, the top, I'm not a big BBP guy, but I noticed a few of them tomorrow. Get, when I start seeing like over 20 at bats, I'll pay attention. Yeah. And that's one, thir- you know, 13 for 22. So to me, Jose <laughs> Abreu at 4,200 is a pretty good, pretty good spot. And then right below him 
You got Rowdy, Rowdy Telez going up against Gutierrez for Cincinnati. So Rowdy Telez is in a good spot, and he gets that lefty versus righty platoon split. So at 3,900, Telez may end up being one of the top, probably one of the top cash he owned third baseman, first baseman is at that price point. Right. When people are, uh, argue the VVP data, I just ask them then what happened between Paul Goldschmidt because I do the same thing because like that, yeah, that, that is a valid example of BVP having to work. I assume because right. Les Linscombe was telling him exactly what he was throwing. Paul Goldschmidt annihilated Tim Linscombe over the last like year or two that Linscombe existed in the league as a starting pitcher. So and Bumgarner uh, too would, would Goldie really. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He just, yep. he, he tore apart that giants pitching staff. <laughs> um, I always go back and look at that and just see how seven home runs and 13 at bats or something like that. off Linscombe's some crazy number. Yeah, I like the Tillies. I always find myself getting stuck with one of my lineups being a Brewers stack because I feel like they should be better than they are, and they usually face yes. trash pitching. But then, like, th- but all of the Brewers hit two fifteen, so uh, <laughs> I don't mind it. I definitely don't. At thirty nine hundred, I don't mind the Tillies play because he does hit home runs. Gutierrez does give up home runs. It's a lefty righty matchup. If you're making a couple lineups, I think I'm gonna go ahead and throw them in there. Definitely more of a GBP play. Abreu is probably more of a a cash game option for me in that mid tier. James, yeah. what, what are your thoughts here on the first base position? I mean, I don't love the position under Talese because you're mentioning the rain in Boston. I like, I don't, I like Jared Walsh's price under 4K. I know he's been in a platoon kind of, but he does hit righties well. And I want it, and I know Dahlback hits lefties. I know Dahlback's been trash, but he hits lefties. I guess I am interested in Mountcastle who has shown some semblance of life lately. And if you're not a Dylan Bundy believer, Dylan Bundy serves up the long ball as well as anyone. So Ryan Mountcastle 3-2, maybe a little cheap Orioles stack against Bundy. So uh, that's really it. I think that works. Yeah, the lack of a boss in there for sure. Yeah, it uh, sucks. Throws throws a wrench in in the plan. We'll see see if that's confirmed too. I, I believe you, but like... Maybe the weather changes tomorrow and you're able to walk your dog in some good weather and we're able to play some Red Sox as well. Yeah, that would be uh, that would certainly be a great occurrence. But uh, again, I'm looking at 90 percent rain all day. Through, John, weather, weather through, people... through 7 p.m. We're looking at rain. If they wanted to delay, my phone is telling me that there's no rain at nine o'clock. So I mean, hey, you no know? weather. What, it, I always say this. If there was, if I could go back in time and do a start a career, like pick out any career, I would do meteorology. Uh, because, I would, I would like to be Kevin Roth. Yeah, be know? Kevin Roth. Do meteorology and shout out to Kevin Roth. He's not wrong all the time, but like the people on TV are wrong all the time. All the time. And they don't, they're not blamed for anything. Nope. They're just Never. like, oh, the weather was wrong again, and then we move on with our day. Exactly. 100%. If we're wrong, we get tomatoes and stuff thrown at us. We get like, some. We get some mean Discord words sometimes. Yeah, yeah. When we make mistakes, but that's okay. We're not perfect. Second base position again. Some guys in the in story not likely to play. Lemayu against a lefty here at forty six hundred. I don't understand why Estrada is forty six hundred or Polanco. At 43. I don't really love a lot of these top guys. Maybe Colton Wong, but again, I'm sucking myself into. The Brewers here. I, I don't know, Pete. What do you yeah. like? Any of these top price guys at second base? To me, they're kind of kind of gross outside of Lemayo. They are. They are gross. If, if there's anyone I'm looking at as possibly DJ against Kikuchi uh, at four six, so he's he, he hits Kikuchi all right. So he's like four for he's four for 
11 or something, five for 11 yeah. off him. And he's, he's, he's hitting, so he's hitting, I think, 295 on the season. So pro- it'd probably be DJ up top. Uh, yeah. Rest of these guys to me are all GBP. Brandon Jury's, is Jury's 4 3. Yeah, I f- forgot he was in the league still. I thought he was out of baseball like three years ago. Couple hit a home runs, hit a couple, yeah. hit a couple dingers so far. There you go. And then with India out, I guess Drury's gonna be playing more. So India's back on the IL. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be in, he's gonna be in the lineup. But the only thing I know you're just pointing out like why is Brandon Drury four three? But if you wanted to be absolutely nuts and crazy, play some Reds, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're not wrong. He's got a, he's got a, what five game streak of run scored it looks like here so bombs uh, and two bombs over that yeah, span i i guess i i guess i am incorrect for making fun of Brandon Drury, but <laughs> um, and peralta can implode yeah one bad game was in milwaukee yeah, yep yeah that's true mid-tier i think is where we're gonna settle in gliver at 36 against the yep. lefty my guy santiago espinal love him forever <laughs> 3700 going up also going up against a lefty and nestor you know, we, we do but you know, they got Brendan Rodgers at $3,500 against the lefty. I know as bad as he has been, we'll see what he's doing tonight. But, you know, the other night, two, four, what a double and four ribbies. Maybe he'll start turning it around. So I think this under 4K tier is where we're going to settle in at second base. What are your thoughts there, Pete? Yeah, another one is just, this is crazy because I don't use the stare at BVPs, but I got another one. Josh Harrison's got like 25 at best because Kyle Hendricks, he, he said almost 500. So and wow. I, Josh Harrison's a solid player. Seems like every all those years know, with Pittsburgh paying off. He's a he's a tough out. So at thirty two hundred against Kyle Hendricks, and I do like we or said earlier, I do think Hendricks may be in line for a decent game tomorrow. But I, that's a pretty good price for Josh Harrison right there. Yeah, I like it. And, and James again, the White Sox stack that haunts us forever. Yep, could certainly be. I mean, their... look, it is. I think it's like. On one hand, it's like the angel and the devil on your shoulder, right? It's like, on one hand, I want to play Hendricks because how bad the White Sox have been. And on the other shoulder, it's the the devil like, no, play the White Sox. They're better than this. When the hell are they going to show us that, right? Like, when are they going to bust out? Like, Tim Anderson in a home run Tuesday, great. But they're also missing pieces. And the lineup, I mean, they're hitting Gavin Sheets fifth. Jesse Engel sixth, or is it what's his Engel? Uh, Adam Engel sixth, and Zach Berger seventh. That's or Jake Berger, yeah. That's their five six. Seven, Are we sure right? Larus is not senile? What's the? Well, they have. Well, they're just Eloy's hurt. Andrew Vaughn is banged up. Sure. Like they're missing pieces. So like, I'm okay with Harrison. I don't like he has shown signs of life hitting in three straight coming into Tuesday's game. I'm just worried right now with how they're... I mean, Pollock hitting second, hitting sub-200. Grandal <laughs> hitting third, hitting sub-200 this year. I know they're better than that. I'm just a little worried, and Hendricks at home has been um, super good throughout the last pe- the few years. So I'm okay with the White Sox deck. I'm also okay with using Kyle Hendricks. So it's catch-22 right there. I think second base is the clear-cut worst position on the board, though, just as a whole. Because LeMahieu, even 46, like you guys are talking about, he's kind of been the odd man out right now. Yeah. And the Yankees. I mean, Glaber's hitting so oh, yeah. well and wasn't in the lineup tonight, so will he be in the lineup? Sure, but they're opting to use Connor Falefa at short because he's been so sound defensively. They've been the number one team defensively in baseball. They're playing Donaldson because he's owed a crap ton of money, and Glaber's hitting. 
So, like, will LeMahieu even... So, I think second base is the clear-cut worst position in the league. Maybe we'll get some surprises. Um, but I do like your Rodgers call. I like Espinal. He's fine. And, and I think Glaber is probably the chalk at 36. Yeah, you say second base is the worst because this is our first look podcast, and you haven't seen third base yet. Third base is equally <laughs> as poor. Because, again, we don't think we're playing Devers. You got Muncie versus a lefty. We've mentioned... Justin oh Turner at 4,600. Turner's been awful this year. Yeah, he has been bad. Yeah, Wilmer versus a righty. McMahon is a lefty. Rendon in a rainout game, likely against Whitlock. Donaldson not Chapman. hitting the ball. Chapman better. doesn't better. hit the ball. Like, Donaldson's been better, though. Donaldson yeah, has been. He's been, a, he's been a bit better, a little bit better. But just looking overall, I mean, no multi-hit games since <laughs> April 16th. So, boy, you're right. This is bad. This, yeah, this is not good. You know who, I think we're, I think we're hoping that Lemay you plays so we can play him at third, truthfully, or Harrison, That's I guess, true. plays at third, right? So, thank, thankful for multi position eligibility here. Because I got something for us here. You gonna say Mikhail Franco? <laughs> no, the, so, so Tuesday we saw the return of Luis Urias to the Brewers lineup. I'm hitting ninth. He is one for two with a run scored and an RBI. Like First it. game back, hit righties at a pretty good clip last year, 786 OPS. He's got some pop. I, yeah. He's a good player. He hit 20-something home runs last year, yeah. almost an 800 OPS, had a 340 Woba against righties. I think Urias, I know, John, look, I know it's hurt. It's hurting, but you know what he does? He adds, like, a lot of depth to this lineup. If he's hitting, he has at least I, a little power. At least a little power to the lineup. A lot of power? He had 20... How many home runs? 23 home runs last year. It's pretty underrated. I would say Urias, 3,700 against Vladimir Gutierrez, stands out. Another name's popped up. We, we still got this Miranda kid at yep. 2K minimum price. He got a hit tonight. One for four tonight. So, I think he had a ribby, too. So, that's... Like Bobby Witt always was, Miranda may be like my go-to guy for a while <laughs> until we know the kid's talented, until his price jumps up, especially when it's just gross. But I like the Urias call actually a lot. That's a good call there. Yeah, that is a good call for sure. I almost yeah. like, I passed over him because I forget that he is, that he came back. That's Me a good too. one. But yeah, I think every podcast this year that Kansas City's been on, we talk about Bobby Witt. You're like, well, eventually <laughs> he's got to do something, right? Like he's not. Hit a home run. Hit a home run tonight. Home run oh, oh fantastic. Not uh, on the main slate. Didn't play him. Finally, Homer. Me neither. First time all year. Yeah. Man, <laughs> fantastic. All right. Let's go to shortstop. Uh, Trey Turner against the lefties at $5,800. We got Tim Anderson at 5 k up at the top there was Brandon Crawford, $4,900, not hitting the ball too well this year, but gets Gonsolin, who I don't think is all that great either. Pete, where, where are you looking at when it comes to these guys that are above 4,600, I guess? First thing I'm noticing is how the pitching thought yep. on this league. So, because anybody's got a tough matchup, probably going all the way down to Correa against Bradish. And even though I do Bradish because... I think Nestor Cortez is good. Bobichet's hot. Bobichet has yep. been he's been rolling another hit or two tonight. He had Ribby. So, but I don't like messing with I just have too much respect for Cortez right now. Probably Correa. Uh, was, I I had too much respect for Alex Wood. So probably Correa. Correa's like my top spot at 46. And he's due. Yeah. He was rolling there for a while. I mean, the last two games. I shouldn't say he's due, but he's actually kind of hot. But I don't think he's done anything tonight. But it is, I guess he's got one hit tonight, one for four. But I guess Correa or maybe no William Adams is right yep, alone. Yep. I was gonna say I'm I all aboard the Brewers. Uh, whatever. Let's yep. just get it out there. Just put it out there. All Brewers. aboard the Brewers. Right. Adams crushed righties last year. Eight thirty eight OPS, nearly a five hundred slug, three fifty eight Woba. Gutierrez is a can, and and in the most respectful way possible, but he's a can. 
Yeah, he's the last year I rode his strikeouts prop in a couple of starts, and then that was basically it for that. He he fell back to earth pretty quickly there once teams figured it figured out what he was throwing. So anybody in the mid tier for you? I mean, I don't hate Jose Iglesias against a lefty. He hits lefties notoriously. Again, it's it's not he's not powerful, but even without the power, two of the last five games, three of the last six, we've seen double digit DraftKings points. He's hitting over three hundred on the year, so I don't hate that. I don't hate. IKF, Kiner Falefa, 343 average over the last 10. I wish there was, I wish the stolen bases were there. We got 20 last year. I was expecting him to run a little bit more this year, just two thus far. But, you know, if he gets on, he's always a threat to run, even against a lefty. So I think, I think the little tier between from like Bachette to Iglesias, those four names and Kiner Falefa are probably the five that I would look at in the mid tier. Okay. When it comes to value, there's not a ton. Uh, <laughs> where Where is out. anybody? Yeah, yeah. There's not really a ton that sticks out to me. I got one. I yeah, got what, one. What, what and do you got? He, he just hit a double. If he plays, Marlon Gonzalez, the switch hitter. Yeah. Kikuchi doesn't scare me. He's only busy 2,100. I, I wouldn't be playing him in cash, but I'm a Marlon Gonzalez guy. When, he's kind of a streaky hitter. And um, John, you must remember him when the he Red sucked Sox, so but, bad last year. Jorge Mateo also against Bun Davis. I think Mateo is not a bad not no, a bad little player. We, we but we talk uh, about yeah. him because he steals bags. So like, yeah, stolen base, stolen base yeah, upside. Yeah, if he gets on, he's a, he's a candidate to run. He just got to get on. Uh, yeah, 590 <laughs> OPS is not scaring anybody these days. But uh, if he gets on, he can run. So I don't hate it. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Where actually the talent is on this slate. We're talking about the outfield. Unfortunately, Mike Trout's probably not going to be available to us. Mookie Betts, better versus righties than lefties. So I don't yep. know how much we're going to be looking there. But the judge himself, Aaron Judge, yeah. continues the rake. And gets the lefty in Kikuchi here. Pete, no doubt about it, he's probably going to be a Definitely. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be he's going to be over 6K, obviously, on the next slate. So it's got to be Judge Yordong. He had another one tonight, Ray. So he's on fire. So you something you're not on slate, sorry. So it's got to be Judge. Judge is, judge is your top play, and I guess other top is Buxton down at 53. Yeah, I, I like Buxton. When we come to these Colorado guys, and we talked about, obviously, CJ Crone, $5,600, like a guy that, you know, we're, we're probably okay begrudgingly spending up for, but when you yep. see Connor Joe, when you see Randall Gritchuk here at 57 and 51, James, what, what are your thoughts on paying that kind of price for those kind of players? I mean... I would generally not, but it's been a different version. I mean, Connor Joe was very good last year, but we didn't really see power. But we've seen four home runs. We have a 500 slug for Connor Joe. And what's the one thing everyone's going to say? It's exactly what I just said. Like, probably not going to spend 5751 for Joe and Grishik, respectively. So what you could do is play them in a tournament because they're going to yeah. probably be lower owned just based on price and, and people allocating their funds elsewhere. People going to judge for $200 more and people like saying, I don't need to spend up on these guys. I can just go down and get someone else in a tournament. That's how you take something down because this game is still a 10 and a half run total. It's still in course field and Patrick Corbin is still the opposing pitcher. So yes, yeah, spending 5,751 for these guys respectively is not something we would generally do but the caveat is everything i just mentioned and the fact the cherry on top is they're going to probably be low owned because of it so i think it's not like a core play for me at those prices 
but I definitely think they're in play because the ownership should be low. When we're looking at guys under $5,000 on DraftKings, anybody in particular stick out to you? Stanton, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get going eventually, especially the way Judge is sitting. Stanton's gonna be following behind him soon. Man, you got Bellinger against a, maybe some of these Giants against Gonsolin because I mean Gonsolin usually isn't in the game that long, so maybe like, maybe like a Darren Ruff, Darren Ruff type. Just, man, a lot of them. Here here's one: uh, Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, forty one hundred dollars. That's that. probably that's my mm-hmm. my favorite play down that area. Yeah, I, I like Mullins. Again, I'll probably be grudgingly if I go the Milwaukee route, Yellick at 42. Yep. I mean, he did have those games, back-to-back games at a home run. I, like, what happened to him, right? Like, he just forgot, he just can't play baseball anymore? Did, mm-hmm. he, did him yeah, and yeah. Cody Ballinger run into the same aliens from Space Mountain to steal <laughs> steal their powers? What's, like, what happened? Whoa, 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 whoa hold on. We're, gonna, we're not going to let you go any further. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a chance to redeem yourself. Yeah, I, I know. I I'm just. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure we weren't mixing up like Disney ride and a mo- and. I mean, you know. we were. We were. I remember that movie. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we were. I under, I understand Space Jam, <laughs> Space Mountain, Moron Mountain. I'm just what you, know, you just got me. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about aliens sucking out talent through baseballs <laughs> and basketballs. Yep. Uh, but what happened to Yellick? All of a sudden, you just can't play baseball anymore. Injuries too, I guess. Yeah. But it just like ruined. He he's just ruined now. The back injury just it just wiped him out. I don't think we're ever gonna see that yellow again. I mean, it's been a couple of years now. Right? Yeah, last like year years. last year he was. I, I was going back and forth with a buddy in a home league, like arguing with him when he is he's talking about oh I don't have anybody to drop. I'm like you have Christian Yellick. He's like I used the first round pick on him. Like, yeah, three months ago the guy <laughs> right. you can drop him. I promise you. It's and okay. to go. Right? Like we're getting to that point again. We're like in seasonal leagues. Like Yellick is probably borderline droppable. So, but in DFS you always find potential opportunities to use him. Uh, I feel the same way about Nelson Cruz who can't hit his weight right now, but he's got a lefty. He's in Colorado. So at 4K. I'd be willing to close my eyes and, you know, hit the draft button. In a tournament. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that. I agree on Boomstick. I'm going to slap to you. Yep, I agree. Uh, James, under 4K, anybody? I know it's not a lefty. going to keep uh, piling on the Brewers. Hunter Renfro, home run upside. His four in his last 10 games. Aaron Hicks, could uh, he let off with LeMahieu out of the lineup on Tuesday if Hicks is back in the lineup leading off? I don't hate that. Kepler against a righty. There's always power upside there. And then some some Baltimore guys, Santander and Hayes, I think, Mancini as well. They're all 3K or under. I, I think Baltimore, not like a primary stack, but if Dylan Bundy is last start Dylan Bundy, the Orioles could get to him. And a little revenge narrative, not that any of these guys like care about Dylan Bundy, I'm sure, but the yeah. franchise trying to get back at their former top prospect or top failed prospect i should say yeah pete you any any value guys jumping off the board to you yeah i was gonna say same thing about the orioles i i like that same thing with mancini mancini's probably my favorite in there yeah totally agree on that probably yeah probably mancini in, in those orioles means there's not much i mean the Garlic's out now. I would have liked garlic in that spot. If, if Miguel Andujar gets a start, he's back against Kikuchi. I, I, I could dig Andujar there in that spot. And that's probably... What do you think DJ? Is DJ Stewart playing? DJ Stewart's playing now, right? I kind of mm. forgot about him. He's I mean, he's a lefty against Bundy. He has power. There's power that's in that That's a GPP bat. play there. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett Hampson, GPP play. He's activated off the aisle. Righty versus lefty. If you want a cheap cheap Rockies play, 2200 for Garrett Hampson. You can play him at second base as well, which we talked about. 
Didn't crack the lineup on Tuesday, but there's lefty on the mound. So, or I mean, there's a righty on the mound. Sorry. So they played Sam Hilliard. So we could see we could see Garrett Hampson crack the lineup for the Rockies here. Yeah. Yep, that's fair. So that wraps it up. We end this, Pete, with a home run call. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Give me a guy that is going to home run. On the main seat, uh, Jose Abreu. James? We generally avoid cores, so we will continue that. I will go with... You go first, John. Great. Stan uh, Judge. I'm going to go Stanton, yeah. All right, I'll go Willie Adames. Uh, home run against Vladimir Gutierrez. Alrighty. So that wraps it up here. If you have any questions, you can get us on Twitter. You know where to find us in Discord. Pete will be on the playbook. James and I will be around. If you have any questions, hit us up. We'll catch you guys later.